Greetings, pal. Hello. Good afternoon, all. We're coming to you live from Sweden today. And we're being very respectful about it. We're joined by the cast of The Muppets. Thank God. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Throwing the Pal. My name is Frank. I'm Marcus. My name's Tom. And I'm Chris. And this is the podcast where we talk about movies and theoretically one person hates it, theoretically another person loves it. And then the other two, we, you know, throw your opinions in. We throw our pals around the room. Theoretically. 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 (laughs) While sitting and having a a conversation. Really reasonable conversation with our friends in which it doesn't get physical or aggressive. Philosophical, some would say. It gets deep. Very deep. So today we're talking about Forrest Gump. Talking about very deep. 1994, directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Tom Hanks. Uh, What a film. (sighs) The father of Hollywood. Zemeckis or Hanks? Hanks. Okay. Mm. Hollywood's dad. Uh, and we rate the films that we talk about out of 11. Why is that, Thomas? I can't remember. You don't have anything? No, I had nothing for this one. No. <laughs> I had something and I forgot it. And literally as you started recording, I was like, nah, I can't remember uh, what it was. I'll give it up. I've got one. Here's the one. No, you uh, go. You go. Oh, no, you go. Uh, no, you go. Uh, okay. 11 is how many people he bothered on that park bench that just didn't want to chat to hey. anybody. Okay, we should all do one, Frank. Okay, well, I, it's the number 11 film on the IMDb Top 250. Is that true? That's a bit factual. Nice. I should do my research. No, no, it's fine. Um, (laughs) 11 is uh, Lieutenant Dan's Magic Legs. Legs 11. Legs 11. Great. Uh, It's probably between the four of us, something to do with the IQ points we'd still need to go to that school that he can't get into. I don't know. Like, you know how it's like. You're saying we all have an IQ of about mm, 17. You see how he's got that chart and he's like. What you need on an RQ levels to be above this chart. See this one that says Tom, Frank, Marcus, and Chris? You need to be above this line. And it's just hey, our IQ. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Is there a Mr. Girl? Mrs. Girl. He's on vacation. Oh, oh, sure does care about your schooling, son. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Why are we talking about the most horrible scene in the film? Oh, my straight gosh. Up. Do you know what? If we're going to go into scores straight away. I want to hear Chris's. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I am a little bit biased on this one, I have to say. Okay. Um, this is my favourite film of all time. Of all time. Great. Um, yeah. And so unlike Marcus and his favourite film of all time, <laughs> I'm going to score this accordingly. <laughs> yeah. An 11. Through the very good. Mine Whoa. still makes That's sense. That's beautiful. I justified it, but <laughs> sure. There's always flaws. Favourite film of all time. There's six and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I think the biased uh, point is interesting to me because to me, bias always means like, oh, I'm a little biased. Tom, personal friend of mine when he made this. But like, if you just think this is a film you love, that's just... That's just how we feel about shit. Right? Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like if you gave a good review and someone was like, you're only saying that because you liked it. It's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. I enjoyed it. That's exactly right. I did. Don't, like don't it. bring up cats in this yeah, fucking I'm sorry. Review. That's <laughs> it. Every time I try to justify, I'm like, guys, it's, I might be biased, but this is a good movie. Let's take note too that Chris is like high scoring of late. I think he's like, he's in the high score range. Yeah, we're having a, a happy week to end. To week, to week. 11's big. Well, who's going next? Because that's you know he's obviously. I'm gonna. I'll go. I'll get it. I'll give it a ten. And this was maybe is my favorite film of all time. I feel a bit like Marcus. It's hard because I grew up watching it and loved it so much. And now you you put this analytical lens on and you go, oh, and you feel like maybe nervous to give it an eleven. 
I mean, they, I la- just... they laugh, but I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with that, Frank. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I just find it funny that you guys could have your favourite film and on a scale of 11 you give it a 10 and someone's like, why not 11? You're like, well, movies aren't even that good. Like, honestly, <laughs> can a movie be an 11? They all mostly suck. <laughs> well, Tom, funny. thanks for screaming at us all. But, I'm um, sorry. I just think I'm just leaving funny. room for discussion. I'm, I'm, okay. Honestly, I, so I mean it. I've said back this off? in a previous episode. I still haven't seen the perfect film, a film that you cannot floor for any piece of it. Cats. We all watch Cats. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> I didn't. We got, we got that tattoo. <laughs> See, I feel like, and this is to digress, I feel like I'd give Fellowship of the Wing Ring an 11. <laughs> Fellowship of the Wing. It's wild, that one they made. It's just, it's just where chicken they wings. Actually, they get on the bird at the start yeah. and they're like, we should call this the Fellowship of the Wing. <laughs> The biggest, the biggest plot point in that whole wow. film yes. would have made sense to call it if Fellowship of the Wing. someone is establishing it and they go, you shall be the Fellowship of the Wing. It was the- I mean, ring. wait, I just had an idea. <laughs> it, was the, uh, it was the colonel handing down his secret recipe. <laughs> yes. Now, here, now, here. Oh. Because there are 11 members of the Fellowship, right? And they're all a secret oh. heaven spies. Oh. Also, that's your 11th when we do Lord of the Rings at some point. <laughs> I did just remember my 11 for this. Go if on. If you guys want to hear it. We've got to. Wait, wait, wait. Also, there's nothing funnier than when a friend fucks something up like that. When they <laughs> we say we, and yeah, it's like, <laughs> all right, let's go five minutes. Let's ride him, <laughs> ride him for five and minutes. And I've just been sitting here crying. But that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Uh, what's your 11? Go. My 11 uh, for this one was... The amount of times on average that you could expect at a school athletics carnival to hear the words yelled, run, Forrest, run, <laughs> during the day. Okay. But because we all went to school in Tasmania and no one could do accents, it was just, run, Forrest, run. And it was like, oh, that's upsetting. I don't like hearing that in that accent. Yeah, you're right, Tom. That was upsetting. <laughs> 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 all right, so we did briefly touch. We talked about Forrest Gump, 1994. It won six Oscars, nominated for 13. Uh, it's 8.8 on IMDb, 8.2 on Metacritic. Like one of the most beloved films of all time. So 100%. It's interesting to read. I, I did a bit of research. I'm like, why do people hate this film? Let's get some... Perspective. And well, let's, like, let's get a little structure here because yeah, we've yeah. all given our scores. That's right. <laughs> so, Tom, what's your score? The colour just drained from Frank's <laughs> face. <laughs> uh, before we move on, let's do you wanna, um, do you cover our scores. Play this. I would love to give my score. <laughs> Thank you so much. I can't wait to hear it. I'm going to go like an 8.3. Whoa! I'm happy again because he likes it. I thought you were going to dislike Which it. Which for this movie is low, I'm realising. I know that I'm- It's Marcus. about the same as Metacritic. Sure, sure. But they're not scoring out of 11 because they've um hacks. Go on, Marcus. I'm giving this movie a four. Jokes. 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 Oh, <laughs> I had my finger ready to press a button. I had a mouthful. I genuinely almost destroyed all this equipment. Oh, wow. Wow. That was good acting. You're as good as Tom Hanks. Uh, it's a 10. It's absolutely a 10. Wonderful. Wonderful news. But the reaction was worth it. That was really good. Oh, Jesus. I think... Can I continue on my point of why people might dislike it? Now that you've had your glory moment of giving your 8.3. Yeah, how dare we have that. I appreciate it. Really, I'm glad we took the time to go back and hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Some people think this film's a little far-fetched and unbelievable. Like how does this simple man uh, achieve all this the incredible thing? And yet Donald Trump was president. <laughs> but also like then the other lens to this film is people are like, it's propaganda. This is like. Oh, 
Yeah, they're like, oh, well, if you just work hard, keep your head down and be a good citizen, you will be a successful man. Mm. And it's like, oh, I didn't see it like that and now I feel weird. Let's go to Vietnam and... You know, it's dirty. Yeah, it's a bit of my issue with the movie. Oh, here we fucking go. Oh, here we go. I haven't <laughs> seen it in a long time, and I have to admit, I think that as someone who's online a lot and reads about movies and stuff like that, it is interesting to see how this uh, movie's legacy has has waned considerably yes. in the last twenty plus, uh, uh, thirty almost years. Sorry, almost thirty years. Um, waned, w- was- waned world. Because it waned world. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just went, waned world too far. (laughs) Jesus. No way. No way. Um, Yeah, I I just, like you say, Frank, I'm going to give a really small bit of this here and I think you guys will give all the reasons you love it, to which I'll probably go, I love that too. There are these things that are weird. And it is definitely that it's become a real conservative uh, sort of loved film. It, it's very much a bit of a bastion for traditional values in America mm-hmm. and exceptionalism and all that sort of stuff. And I don't think the movie meant to do that, but I think it's also true that we kind of end up taking movies at what they do and what they achieve and their legacy becomes rather than what they were intended to be. Because if we took yeah, movies you can't, just on- You can't hear intention. Like yes, you just see what the film actually 100%. is. 100%. You look at what the movie actually ended up manifesting as, especially as the years go on. Even when the movie came out, there was a small sort of- like it, w- it was said it in the day. but like, like, And then Robert Zemeckis and Tim Roth, Eric Roth, not Tim Roth, Eric Roth, the writer, <laughs> they, like, they went on record and they were like, absolutely not. This is just a film about- um, what did they say? Happiness or family or something. Like, they said something. They said <laughs> just a movie about a stupid guy. Yes. You see it? He's real dumb. He doesn't Simple get man shit. in extraordinary times, hey. I think was the, the tagline. Like yeah. yeah. But it's it definitely has a lot of sort of, it feels, uh, yeah, like it's holding on to these reductive, even at the time, views of things when it talks about Vietnam and all this sort of stuff. But, again, I don't come at this and just go like, oh, this is fucked because boomers love it. Like I just watch it now and find it resonates not as well as it used to and doesn't hang as well together as it used to for me. I still think it's a pretty good movie. Like 8.3, I like it. I enjoy it. Um, Yeah, I'm going to stop for a little. Well, now that you're finished shitting on what we (laughs) deem to be a masterpiece of film. That wasn't that bad of a shit. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It really wasn't. It's, it's all very <laughs> In fact, barely a- What would you give that out of 11? <laughs> your, your shit on us. Go on. Yep. I, I won't comment. Let's just, why would we even bother, bother with that? Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we recently reviewed Waterworld. K-Cost. K-Cost. I think that was a fever dream. I don't remember that at all. The Um, film, right? Yeah. 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 And sort of the the point I tried to make in that is that film had all the pieces and should work but slightly didn't. Mm. This film should not work. Mm. It's about a a physically disabled kid uh, who grows up to play football who then becomes uh, uh, joins the army he plays ping pong he becomes a fisherman yeah he becomes a yeah. multimillionaire yeah none of these things should line up but no. somehow the alchemy of this film it just works it just works work. it just works and i feel the same way because i always think i don't care about the logic of it because it's it's about like and you, the opening scene is the feather floating in the wind and, you know, the happenstance of life and coincidence and all that sort of stuff. And Forrest is just, he is the feather breezing through life and all these amazing things happen. And again, that's a, it's a curious point because you go, it's unrealistic, but it's also like just 
just enjoy it. Again, this is out. It's like watching someone win the lottery like four times. Yeah, consider always. And you just go, come on. You, but the you reason- say that, but when you peel it back, his best friend dies. Mm. His other best friend loses his legs. He loses his mum. He loses the love of his oh, life. It's, it's in not Jenny. without and, and tribulations. If you read into her illness, mm. potentially his son has mm. the same illness and will die potentially in his teenage years. Like, it is a tragedy. And mm. so it's odd that people say, oh, it's propaganda. You're just looking at, you're, you're looking purely at money. That's all you can see. Oh, he's successful. He's got yeah. millions of dollars. This, this man's life is a tragedy. Yes. Mm. And yet all you can see is, oh, but he's rich. But he's he's rich. fine. But I think the beauty of it is Forrest himself as a character is so endearing because he sees it. He recognizes it that it's that it's awful, but he he perseveres. He mm. continues. He just keeps going. And there's something so, and you think, oh, well, he's not he's not processing it, or he doesn't register how bad it is, and he just you know doesn't understand how hard his life is. It's like no, I think he does, mm. and I think he just decides to be optimistic. It speaks and to something- the, the success of Ted uh, Ted Lasso. Ted, am I saying Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. <laughs> Your um, French was so I, good a couple of weeks ago, but it's just a little off this time. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Am I saying it right? What do you mean? It's Ted, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. It's just a normal name. Ted Lasso. <laughs> Um, Are you talking about Breaking Bad right now? You're fucking that up, Ruben. (laughs) I've shot myself in the foot because we shit on Frank. It's my turn. I'll take it. Well, you you said Um, Chad Lachie and that doesn't make any sense. No, I think I stuff. Am I saying it right? No, you're not. Let's try again. So anyway, Ted Ted Lasso. No, Lasso. It's Lasso. 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 Yeah. No, but it's a Lasso. He's not a Lasso. That's just his (laughs) name. Sorry. It speaks to the success. Ted Lasso. Yeah. Uh, very endearing for the same reasons. Like no matter what is thrown at him, all the bullshit, and he's got his own tragedy. In and the, there's in one the, sorry, in the background. Yeah. No, there's one right. great scene in Ted Lasso when he's playing darts against his new boss's ex-husband, mm. and they're bullying him. And you're like, you're an idiot. Why'd you come to England? And he does this beautiful monologue about how he, hard his life was, but the special moments he cherished with his dad. Mm. And it's like the way you come out of trauma or trials and tribulations, and the way you handle it is. What makes you who you are, and what makes you a, a great person is sort of weird. metaphorical for a. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> oh for, sorry. A for a lasso. <laughs> but I think going back to Forrest, that's what makes him so. Indi- and like one of, the, I think one of the greatest film characters of all time is you can't help but like fall in love with his blind optimism, if that's what you want to call it. And and the part of his life that I forgot, he just runs around the country because yes. after all this stuff in his life, he just needs time to process. Like, and that's the weird thing about this film. Mm. You don't hear him processing it. You don't really see him struggling and processing with it. He's just running. And when people ask him, you know, why are you doing this? He's just, I just needed to run. It's such like, an interesting display of grief because mm. in films we're so used to this heightened reality of people having breakdowns and going through all these dramatic scenes where he runs across the country. And you, you, know, you get these beautiful shots of America in a say what you want to say, but it's a beautiful landscape. Mm. So that the shots, you're like, wow, mm. wow, there's the there's the Grand Canyon, mm. it, uh, et cetera, name other places. And um, <laughs> insert other places here. <laughs> landmarks. Oh, boy, that mountain's got a lot of faces on it. <laughs> I wish I knew the name of it. Oh, it's called Mount Facemore. Yeah. It's I'm just- in more of a rush right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's running. Um Those giant faces are going to eat me if I don't get away from them now. (laughs) 
But it, he's like, he goes to the, the lighthouse in Maine, which I've been to, so I recognise that one. But anyway, it's beautiful. Humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> Humble brag about a hyper-specific spot. Exactly. I'm heading to the States, guys. I want to see this lighthouse. <laughs> really you know, Maine, my favourite state, Maine. <laughs> Isn't Maine like a running joke in America? Isn't that like a, actually a shit Forrest place? Gump is a running joke? Yeah. He's a running joke. That boy sure is a running fool. Oh, <laughs> that's not bad. Yeah. I like how every time it cuts back to the barbershop, and they're watching the news uh, footage of him. Every time before they even get to the footage, the old man with his jaw like a slack is always sitting there like, but the news is going like, all right, into sports now. And he's like, oh, my God. And it's like like the stuff about Forrest is still 10 seconds away. But it's like, Joe, you're always shocked by everything. <laughs> he's just always. He's never seen a color he's TV. He's blown away. <laughs> he's wow. Always blown away. Moving color. Everything you guys are saying is true. I think it's a really emotionally effective and, and well-directed movie. Um, I don't think that it has much to say maybe about what it's trying to engage with as far as like, you know, seeing as it does engage with so much about America. Like if you just picked an American film from any period and went, but what does this say about America? It's like, does it fucking matter? I think Forrest Gump it does because what, it wants to say something about America. It's what like, do you think it is saying about America? I don't know. <laughs> like, is that, is that the problem you think it should uh, be saying something? Uh, it's more that I just don't come away from it being able to go, wow, I think this movie has a really interesting grasp on the country's history mm. and on the sort of cultural context that it takes part in. I think it's a mixed bag and I think that ultimately the emotional, it's actually not too much of an aversion of a little movie called Waterworld that we Ooh. talked about where I think <sighs> the emotional and character-based choices in this movie are the most effective and are really, what? really powerful. Everything to do with Forrest as a person and the the uh, sort of relationships and rapports that he develops in his life. The things he goes through in the specific areas as a child I used to find confusing and then as I got older more understand like oh I know what Vietnam is now I understand sort of the counterculture and I know what Watergate was and and all these sorts of things but I do humble brag now it's fucking <laughs> <laughs> read so educated <laughs> nice <video. laughs> but I yeah I do find it a little uh if if not empty just a little kind of underwhelming when I try to consider what I would want to get out of this movie as a great American film because I think that's what it sells itself as whether it meant to or not and a lot of people hold it up as that. I feel like, yeah, no, I feel like to jump on that point and I I somewhat agree with you because I feel like Forrest is always aligned with these massive historical events and I feel like Robert Zemeckis or, you know, the writers, whatever it is, Winston Winston Groom's. Novel. It was Winston Groom's novel from like the 85 And there's other things that happen, like goes to space or whatever, becomes an astronaut. Um, the, he, it just sort of happens upon these events. It's not like they're trying to say anything. It's like, it's kind of just to set him in time or to set him in reality. And it's like, oh, how crazy that he was there. You know, what an amazing life. But it's not like he was there and he made a choice to give the book to the first um, African-American student who goes to the school in the South He's not making choices to make a stand for things. He just happens to be on the right side of history. Just circumstantial all the way which, through. Which is why, yeah. if you don't think about it too much, that's why I love it. Because but you mentioned it, this was a propaganda film, right? I, like, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't use those words. I did you not? No, no, no. I did. I yeah, did. Frank did. Oh, people okay, people okay. say it leans into that. 
See, oh, okay. Not, it's not made as a propaganda sorry. film, but people say, well, it, it speaks to the conservative lifestyle. And I would argue propaganda is too strong a word. I think it's, I think it's a so bit too, of an yeah. I, I apologize, Jim. I'm just no, trying no, to it's right. think hey, on it's the okay. fly. Here. I have a people, very limited vocabulary. <laughs> it, it, it speaks of the filthy history that America did have, right? Like, and kind of like deals with it in a way that's satirical and interesting, mm. but also does a bit of like it pays lip service to it and then doesn't really bother to sort of deal with maybe what it's it's saying on a deeper level. Certainly it's worth mentioning that the book is very different, which I've never read, but I've I've spent some time reading about the book. Mm. And the line, Mama said life is like a box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get, is in the book I believe it's like, let me tell you being an idiot ain't no box of chocolates. Like it's a lot more, it's a much more cynical book and it is a book sort of filled with more bile. And also... Yes, yeah, sorry, but no, like no. Forrest in the book is this six foot six sort of lumbering. He's kind of an asshole, and he's more of a Frankensteinian sort of like creature. He really, where, where it's kind of like he doesn't really know his own strength, and yeah, sorry, yeah. What no, but that's I? it. Like that's why, like he. he- he stumbled Did I mispronounce Frank? What's that show Frank, that you were Frank, talking about no, no, before? No, no. Uh, Tia Leone. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jurassic Park 3. No, my Frank is really up. excited when he hears the word Frank in anything. Oh, is that why yeah. you no, smiled? Because I said Frankenstein. He said Frankenstein. He's like, it's a, <laughs> he mentioned me. It's my it's name. like a dog's ears pricking up when someone says walk. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I'm not going to even shit. try and. That's so true. I got so excited by that. But yes, he's a lumbering. I'm a freak. He's a bit of a douchebag in the book and in the movie. He's obviously very well meaning. That said, something that I didn't realize thinking back on it, I reckon the last time I watched it, I was 19 or 20. Loved it. Probably would have given it 10 out of 11 back then. Mm-hmm. And this time, one of the things, as much as I think that there is some real emotional truth to what him and Robin Wright go through, Robin Wright, who plays Jenny, and it's really good in this movie with mm-hmm. a pretty thankless Correct. role. Yep. is that every encounter they have is there's a guy and he hits him and tries to save her. And I know that that's the movie's point, but it does grow a little stale for me. By the time it gets to the third encounter and it's like, and now it's another guy that he's going to hit and try and save her and he doesn't get it, that he can't always be there for her, but of course she's self-destructive so she's always going with these douchebags. I did just this time go more like, ah, oh, there's not a lot to the interactions they have. Some of the, the conversations they have are great, but some of the time the most affecting moments are when it's a montage of them walking and it's him just going, and then we had the best conversation. Oh, boy, it was a wonderful conversation. I wish you'd been there. But anyway, and it's like we don't we hear are, it, we are but here. I'm sure it was wonderful, you know, but it's <laughs> yeah. like that stuff is more affecting to me than most of the real encounters they have. It's the it's the ambience of their relationship, the texture of it that works mm. because he sells it, she sells it. Because there, there, there are the parallel scenes when mm. he meets up with her when she's the hippie. They walk around all night and she just talks his ear off. But then later, after, it's the reverse. Yes. He's, he's the one yeah. that's talking and she's when just she comes listening. To yes. yeah, Sorry, yes. And I think it's because the, the beauty of this film is you do see them travel through time. You don't go... Where did they come from? When were they friends? Like you see them as children and a lot of it is montage, but you always feel like you've been with them for a long time and they've been together, if not apart, but emotionally together for that, for the whole period. And you feel like they're always connected. And I, you know, when she comes home and she gives him, there's no words like, and then Jenna came home and that's the voiceover. And then they just hug. And I think it's just a, you can feel the weight of that. Hug. Like, again, it's the acting, it's the performance, but you go, oh, thank God she's home. Oh, that's how mm. I feel. I, I think it's really nice because finally I think Jenny has 
dealt with to some degree the trauma. She's finally realized that she can't be with these abusive assholes and comes home to the one man she knows will treat her well. And it's like, oh, she's. I don't she's, think she learns at all. Really? Not at all. It's the bait and switch of the film. She turns up at the homestead and you think, this is the end of the film. This is the happy That's ending. That's how it feels there for a minute. Yes. Eh? Yeah. And then she leaves again and you yeah. just have Forrest sitting on the front bench just staring at nothing mm. and you're like, wow. Yeah, and then act, but, act two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, then the final. Literally. Yeah. But I like, okay, so maybe she's not figured it all out but she comes home, she sort of knows and then we learn, we learn they have sex that night and then she leaves the next morning. Mm. Then she's pregnant and she has his child mm, off it's camera. In, it's implied they have sex that night. Well, they what have to you, have had sex at some point. What do you? Why? No, no, no. Did you not? What? S- no, go on. Hold on. They didn't why? show penetration in the film. No, 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 no. You know, no what are you talking no, about? Why, why do you think they had to have had sex at some point? You, this has to be a joke. No, no. The kid at the end. Is it his kid? No, 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 no. When you say it's implied that of they have sex, what are you talking about? When she gets on top of him and takes her clothes off and they're in bed together? I don't think he's like, well, this is a special hug. Good night, Jenny. Like, I think. <laughs> I mean, he's already prematurely ejaculated once. Hey, look, um, he's been through a lot of luck. Who exactly. Say did it who, again? who are you Haven't to judge? We, yes. That's it. Once, <laughs> you're, once you're a hard shrimp captain, you can really pull your shit together. Let's open, uh, let's open the phones to Launceston. Let's get some. Uh, but no, to, to, to your point, Marcus. Yeah. Um, the, the, the incredible. Uh, scene where he first meets Forrest. Like Forrest Gump mm. knows what he is and mm. Jenny says, oh, he's your son, Forrest. And mm. you can see the fear in his eyes mm, yeah. and his question is, is he smart or is he like me? Is he like me? Ugh. Because he knows what he is. He then, you know, can I, can I, and she, please, yes, go and go and talk to him. And they, he sits down next to him on the floor. What are you watching? Bert and Ernie. And they both roll their head to the side. Yeah. And the scene scene. at the end of the film, they're both fishing and, again, they've both got their head cocked to the side. I feel like you're you're baiting us here to be like... A little bit. No, I am. She's lying. I've always seen her as the villain of a story and I I am playing devil's advocate here because... Why? Why is she the villain? What? Because... She is, she's an awful, awful person. I like think that's how I've always viewed some, this. There's some degree to which the movie puts her in that position, and I of found course. it. And I found it much more annoying this time than I have previously. Because As I you found always, her annoying. I found the I found the of her. position of her annoying because I think it's a really good performance, and I get mm. her their chemistry. Yeah, and I think it's frustrating that the movie is using her character in a way where I know that it harkens back to the abuse she suffered as a child, and I know that we that is mostly pretty subtextual and that we only get sort of the, you know, Forrest mentioning his her daddy was very whatever. And then we get later on when she's throwing rocks at the house. But I do think that's one of the criticisms that gets thrown at the movie that I don't disagree with, which is we have this straightened sort of like pretty dim, you know, uh, Chris mentioned uh, physically disabled and even though the movie never says it, who knows what his d- disability is mentally, but he's probably like intellectually has a disability or he has some neuroatypicality, right? And he manages to go to Vietnam, you know, be straight-laced, do what he's told, and he succeeds. And all the countercultural stuff happens to Jenny and she's the one who ends up an addict and ends up with AIDS and ends up distraught and destroyed at the end. And I do think the movie, whether it's trying to or not, does co-like 
those fucking hippies, man. Look where they end up. Look what sort of path she took and where she got. Because yes, of yes, it. yes. I, I think find that a little. That's a frustrating. That's a frustrating point, and I agree with that because it's like again, it leans into the. Uh, what what do I say instead of propaganda? What do I say? It's sort of. It's <laughs> just like, like you want to say. You it. can say. You but can like, say yeah, it's Forrest, prop, Forrest you can... takes the right, correct path as a good, upstanding citizen. Jenny's a loose unit, so she suffers and she she gets punished. Yeah. <laughs> that's not fair. But I don't think she's. But again, like, for, Forrest not- pays a, pi- a price. Forrest also yeah. pays. There, there are, there are no real winners in this no, film. No, it's a sad story of at course. the end. But Jenny is troubled and has such a horrible life. Like she's not doing anything wrong. She's just trying to figure it out. I, I sympathise and empathise with her. 100%. And I think she's framed really as do. the villain and I think that's just stupid and unfair. I don't enjoy it. I, I really wish the movie had a more interesting way of sort of making them – like the separation that, that that they encounter every time. And I love in isolation the running bit. I feel like we should go through in a second all the segments of the movie because it's such yeah, yeah, like a, course, it's course, such a vignette-heavy movie where it's just like then he does this and then he does this and, and the mm-hmm. different ones are interesting. But that's one of the sections where as I was watching it, I thought it was really, really interesting and funny and appealing in the moment. And as a whole in the film, I was like, I can see the strings, I can see the seams a little more than I used to be able to, and this is just the scene that needs to happen so she can have the baby and them not meet up for four years. It's like I've watched you this know? film countless times over and over, which I'm sure we all in this room have, and yeah. like every and as Tom said before, every single time I'm watching it, I'm I'm feeling more and more resentment towards Jenny every single time. And I think that the film almost would have been better or felt more correct to me to to take out the whole um you know the joined head nod and the, and you know to really really spoon feed and imply that oh no okay it has to be his son right like they do the same thing same mannerisms um, I wouldn't say it's spoon me, feeding that's no, just, it's, it, it's, it's quite a subtle little nod and it's the only thing that they really um you know um, well, in every other way, lean toward. They're, they're, um, <laughs> they both lean towards. The they lean towards. But they're very, <laughs> with a, with they're a very little nod. Yeah, anyway. very different um, intellectually in the way they speak and the way they sort of behave and all in, that. So, in my mind, Jenny never learned her lesson. I think that at this point, she's like HIV positive. That seems so cynical and jaded. It is though, but I think like to speak to Chris's point, that it you. is a tragedy, right? Yeah, like, yeah but that's and the one. Forrest being as endearing and beautiful as he is as a person. He accepts that this is his son because, you know, she's told him this and he believes Jenny from start to finish throughout this entire movie. And once mm-hmm. again she's like, I'm about to die. I've got a son. I need someone to look after him. Oh, that's right. Forrest will look after him. Like that's, to me, that's it. It's as simple as that. Jenny has once again abused um, her relationship with Forrest and he's the good guy that comes in to save her and this is the last saving grace. It's a dark read and I, I think it's, to some extent on the movie that you can make that read and I don't share it, but I can't 100% say it's not true. No, like of course maybe, we can, we maybe it's no. Maybe it's a thing. I, I take the – I'm in between you and Chris because I think Chris says it's mm. a tragedy <laughs> through and through and by the end. It, <laughs> certainly wish. Forrest has lo- – <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to meet in your sandwich. Um, <laughs> it, gets to, <laughs> it gets to the end and as much as he's lost – once I see him sitting on the school bus, sending his son away, and knowing he'll be able to come and pick him up at the end of the day, there I'm like, that's that's as happy an ending as in any movie I've ever seen. You know, for for one that is as emotionally wrought and and has as much depth as it does. I think mm. that movie, mm. 
I'm so glad it's not sadder than that. I'm so glad that's the ending. I will say before I, I really do think we should go segment by segment through this and then talk about some of the context of it. For a movie that I'm giving 8.3, I cry nonstop for the last 20 minutes of this movie. Oh, Basically from, from the scene when he walks into Jenny's apartment for the rest of the movie, I do not stop crying. I do not stop. And it just gets worse. <laughs> it just, yeah. I think the, it's done and it just picks up again. The monologue at Jenny's grave. Oh, oh. I don't even want to talk about it. No, we shouldn't because we're all going to just like, we're all I will, <laughs> as a challenge, try and say no, no, one of the lines from it, it later okay. in the episode. And I tried last night with Kath to say it and I started like choking and she's like, Jesus, we just watched it. And I'm like, I know. She's like, you are unstable. I know. But I know. we all are because this film gets us. Because look at us, we're in this room. What's wrong with this room? Oh, shit, that didn't land. That's it. <laughs> the, the walls are padded. The microphones are fake. Yes. This is going oh, shit. out to Quick, no Quick, lift our spirits. Fellowship of the Wang. <laughs> Not bad, actually. Okay, let's go through like the film in terms of Chronologically, is that what you want? Forrest gets new leg braces, walks through Greenbow Town with his mother. Is that you want to go that detail? I or? just think it's like because that you could probably break it down into six pretty seismic parts of the movie. And the first is their childhood. Yeah. He's got leg braces and he meets Jenny. And you know, everyone he meets says, Are you stupid or something? And he's like, stupid is, stupid does. Oh, something that I loved learning years ago. I'm glad we're going through the, no, keep going. And I know, I know, and I'm already interrupting. You guys might already know this. Um, They cast the little boy whose name I don't know and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. We might Mm -hmm. find that out. Um, And he really speaks. Michael Connor Humphreys. Michael Connor Humphreys really speaks with that accent. Yep. And Tom Hanks based his accent on that little boy. Because Tom Hanks didn't. Because in the book, he's written as like it's got all apostrophes. It makes him sound really southern and unintelligent in the book in the way it's written. And Tom Hanks was like, let's not do that. That's uh, that's not going to be good. And all the producers and everyone was like, even when uh, Michael Connor Humphreys came on board and Tom Hanks was like, let's do it. We'll have the same accent. Everyone on production was like, this is ridiculous. He sounds... He sounds bad. Let's say he sounds bad. It could bad. have been Simple Jack from Tropic Thunder. Let's be honest. I mean, that is what that movie is doing. It <laughs> is going. Yeah. Like, what if I... He's got a very cute voice. But And then uh, Robert Zemeckis apparently just stuck to his guns. I was like, no, nah, it's going to land. Here we go. And I think it does. It's very musical. It's the, you know... And the, you would know. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, it's like Most of it's in an F flat. But then we've got him in so a... <laughs> we've got... Of all the notes, F flat... <laughs> We've got him. You mean E? Get fucked. <laughs> We've got him in leg braces. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going through that chronologically. And then he runs away from the boys and he loses the braces. And of course- I will say, sorry, again, no, to interrupt. The the running away from the bikes and the car never works for me. Tom Hanks is not a great- He's no Tom Cruise when it comes to on-screen running. And he's way slower than that car. And then it he he ca- he turns left into the field mm. and he's instantly 40. Don't you find that smash cut funny? That's, no, 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 because no, no. it's meant it to be like, it's, sorry, it's not even a smash cut. I shouldn't every- say that. It's just like it's like the Tom camera Hanks. veers and suddenly he's fifty. Because Tom Hanks is literally run off run off camera and then ducked. And, and then, then and the stunt double is in the field nah, sprinting. Yeah, yeah. And it, then he jumps the fence and it's like three metres high. It's an incredible <laughs> feat of athleticism. It's the reason why this was a 10 for me, not 11, is because the distance between him and the car changes. That's the only yeah. reason for me as That's well. That's it, yep. yeah. It's flawed. It's a flawed <laughs> film. That's it. That one Could scene have been is perfect. Ah, so close. I think one of my favourite things that the movie does is its transition in a very Simpsons-esque way. You know, if, if someone who grew up watching The Simpsons, and I know some of you guys did. No, tell me about it. No, ah, please, please help. There's yeah. this character who's like, mm, me. That wasn't bad. Uh, uh, Eric Carmen, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's Carmen. 
what show are we? <laughs> Breaking Bad season uh, there's four. There's Ted Lasso. Um, no, uh, Tatty Langrish. Um, there's Tatty Langrish. <laughs> That's way too far. There's a thing with The Simpsons that they start doing as the show goes on, which is that their episodes start and five minutes in, you're like, where the fuck is this going? And then they're like, the Simpsons are going to South Korea. And you're like, okay. And that's where the episode goes. And I think Forrest Gump has a similar sort of real jarring left turn structure to it where it's like, so he can run really fast. So what? He runs onto the football field and they're like, who is that? And he becomes the star quarterback. That's and great. I, I think that's great. I think that's really fantastic. The way the movie does that, the way it swings. Quarterback? He's the quarterback. No. No. Yeah, he's the quarter because no. he's quarter. He's at the back. He's the running back? Oh, my bad. Yeah. Is that Sam Wright? Does that Sam Wright? I, I assume. I'm not I'm going to say receiver. Back. Wide receiver. Because he just gets the ball and runs. because no, he just stands at the back. So we should ask our – do we have any American – I'm sure we have one American listener. I think I've seen it on our numbers. He's just going to post, you guys suck, without explaining. By the way, this is the worst again. recap ever. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So he runs onto the football field and he's, slow, he's the slowest runner of all time, but all the other actors run really, really slow. So he looks really fast. This is he, really upsetting you. The Tom Hanks can't run quickly. Look, I did athletics growing up. Get a get a body double. Humble what did they used to yell at you when you were doing athletics? <laughs> run, Forrest, run! <laughs> Put your pants on. <laughs> Speaking of left, this turns. is a no pants race. <laughs> what am I meant to do? I went to a very Christian school. Classic <laughs> prank. Sounds about right. Three legged race. Three. <laughs> that was good. Um, I don't get it. What's you wouldn't. Okay, What's the so next part that happens? Goes after? to college with a football scholarship. Is the best football player you've ever seen. Then gets drafted to the army. Goes to Vietnam. We missed the. We already talked about him ejaculating into the dressing game. Oh, sorry, he does. Yeah. Everyone's seen Forrest Gump. Because Gumbright. now, now we get to talk about Bubba, who we oh, have okay. not mentioned. We should talk about just him. before we get. To Go Vietnam, yeah. the opening scene in Vietnam, in the space of about two minutes, mm. they play about six different songs. It's fucking right. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's like, the things- here's a different camera angle. New song. I'm like, I'm okay with this. <laughs> because they're all such. Because they're yes. fucking bangers. The, the soundtrack is I Probably one of the best yes. soundtracks. Yeah, of yeah. all time. Of all time. Yeah. yeah. I find yeah. the soundtrack. Track. Jack. Track. Track. Yeah. The Try sound, again. The soundtrack. Uh, Fact check. A little bit. <laughs> I find the soundtrack both He's gonna be iconic. Like, no, it's a bit. Uh, it's it a bit is a bit, isn't uh. it? Isn't it? Because here's my problem. I think the Vietnam War section is a satire, and it's also sincere. And so you're right that when it starts, and it's like all along the Watchtower is playing, and like all mm. these different tracks that you're like, if you put this in a parody Vietnam movie, it would fit because it fits it so well, you mm. know. Mm. And then later on in the movie, we're going to talk about the Vietnam section in a second, but. There's a scene where uh, Jenny's talking about like some of the experiences she's had on the road and someone goes, hey, I'm going to San Francisco. You want to come? She's like, I'll come. And then the soundtrack goes, if you're going to San Francisco. And it's like, all right. There's a scene where she's like leaving someone's house in the middle of the night and the soundtrack goes like, the lady left the house in the middle of the night. <laughs> no, it says, and she's walking and out the, the door. door. There's the scene where he's running and Jackson's Brown's Running on empty place. Now it's it's good, who's, but it's also a bit. Who's much. Jackson's Brown? Jackson's Browns. <laughs> you almost want a Randy Newman song in this movie called "He's a Bit Dumb, But It's All Right." 
Well, yeah. Forrest is a little bit <laughs> So you didn't, you didn't watch the credits then. <laughs> but it's all right. He's not that bright. The feathers are floating. Tom, you wanted to talk about Bubba, Michael T. Williams. You go ahead. Uh, no, no, I didn't want to talk about you. Do you, you know what's actually pronounced Michael T.? Is it? I heard that the other day that it's Michael T. Williams. It's not McKelty. Who I only know also from Heat. He's oh. one of the cops in Heat. Wow. And he's really, really good in that, but I haven't seen him in a lot of else. Oh, God, Heat's good. He's the Forrest Gump of Forrest's story, which is the funniest thing about him. That Forrest is like a guy who can't shut up when he's talking to people. And Forrest meets this guy who's like, my name's Bubba. I'm going to tell you about shrimp for three years. And Forrest is like, <laughs> I guess that's what's happening. And some, Tell me that's not the best It's very funny. Section. And Forrest, like Tom Hanks's direction has been, you are dim. You, we're going to give you a haircut and we're going to give you the accent. And facially, you're going to be a bit strange sometimes, but you just do it. And Michael T. Williams's direction was, there's a ghost trying to pull your face off all the time. And that's just what's happening. Like his face is just bunched at the front of his head. And he's like, <laughs> my name is Bubba. And then Lieutenant Dan's like, you got to tuck that lip in, boy. It's going to set off a tripwire. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's incredible when he comes into the movie. It is strange that you, you point out the left turn it sort of takes because it does, by that point, you don't question that at all. You don't go, what's wrong with his mouth? You just go, cool. Yes. Bomb with big gums. Yes. Because we've seen Forrest and we're like, well, that's one of the strangest accents that we're going to have to see. I'm not worried about the the accent. The accent's fine. And everything about Tom Hanks when people already knew him a certain way, like as a rom-com sort of like charming leading man, and then we get this guy who is like a cartoon character of Mm. stupidity Mm. and it works. And their relationship where I imagine Tom Hanks says like, four lines to Bubba in the whole movie and it still works and fucks yeah, yeah. me up when because he dies every yeah. time. When he first meets Jenny, he's like, apart from mama, nobody talks to me. And yeah, so Jenny's yeah. talking his ear off and then he gets to Vietnam and this guy's talking his ear that's off and exactly. his assumption is like, we're best friends. Yeah, yeah. That's like this so true. this, this must be how and it works. The, the bus sequence played out yeah. again where no yeah. one will let him sit with him. Yeah. But he meets brothers on a bus, right? All like two thirds of his they, best friends. And they offered they offered to sit there. Yeah. Um, but Bubba also would have had a similar experience. You imagine? I feel like he was somewhat of a social outcast, mm. and they've latched onto each other and found this great connection. It's um, it's nice to see friendship on film. I, I yeah. like it a lot. And then we get the it's Vietnam a fellowship, isn't it, Frank? <laughs> it's a real fellowship. We get the Vietnam War, um, the, sorry, the drill sergeant. What is your one role in the army, Gump? To do whatever you tell me, drill sergeant? God damn it, Gump! You're a drill genius! <laughs> that is the greatest answer I've ever heard. Like, And the whole bit is just Forrest is amazing because he just does exactly uh, what he's told. Oh, it's shit. funny. It's because you told me to drill <laughs> It's, it's it's wonderful. It's funny. It works very well. It plays into that element that people criticize about the movie. Those are the sections that I'm like, nah, this is just funny, and it's satirical and it, and it works. Well, it, I was I was obviously doing the research and looking through it. It's 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 marketed as a drama and a romance, and I was like, mm, this is a comedy, right? Like this is more funny than it is dramatic. I think un- unintentionally, a oh, romantic comedy. It's a yeah, sure, but I laugh more than I cry. I laugh for the first two thirds on and off in general. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. I think it's Having because counted. of the, the juxtaposition. Because it is so yeah. dark, you find those light moments mm. so. But they play they and play and them so self aware They're like this is this is funny. Yeah, and we know that. And they, I think they they tread the line of comedy and the cartoon character acting, 
with the realism because I don't at any at no point do I go that's just stupid. Like I I'm always in it. I'm always fully believing whatever they're doing and most of the time it's outrageous. The fact that Forrest Gump becomes a war hero and is like something bit me and then shows his butt to the president and you go he probably would though. Of course he would. He like, asked him to see yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, yeah. And so that it's literal. It's yeah. yeah. And that's, he's a literal man. Actually, we haven't talked about the editing with yeah. the. Um, well, should we quickly talk about like <laughs> Tom doesn't want the to. Histo- it, the historical footage editing is what I'm referring to. Some of the stuff that I think is, it, you can't hold it against the movie, but I will because it just is the stuff that I feel has aged the worst out of it where every time it's a shot of JFK oh. and it's like they just cut out his mouth and put someone else's mouth yeah, I mean, there to be like, ah, it's I not, he said he needs to pay. Yeah, like, it's not clean, but it, again, for for the time. It looked amazing. I remember great. watching it as a kid and thinking, yeah. oh, my God, how did they do that? Well, and it came now, out, yeah, again, it came out in 94 and obviously now we see films in HD. Back hmm. then you probably didn't. <laughs> Still and better than half of Marvel's CGI, let's be honest. These days. But like <laughs> Ooh, you heard it here first, boys. Marvel. <laughs> We're not the first ones to say Check that. Check your mailbox. We've got notes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Russo who? It so it won the Oscar for best effects. And I think because yeah, it was it was groundbreaking at the time. You kind of go, that it's not been done. Historical footage, laying that over and changing the dialogue and then getting a lot of impressionists to come in and be like, <laughs> no religion? No possessions, too. That's my John Lennon. Was they that could good? do it if uh, they could do it if they tried. No, yeah. hard to imagine. They could do it if you tried, Dick. Yeah, which the, I always thought he was calling him a dick. I think the Lennon one, <laughs> but was his probably, name is Dick. The Lennon one was the worst. My my impression, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, ah. Chris pointed out that not only is it the you, you pointed this out weeks ago when we did another episode, but it was not just the insertion of and the uh, compositing of Tom Hanks into that footage, but it is Lieutenant Dan's legs as well, which at the mm. time was incredible. And still, I if I really stop and look at his legs, I'm like, I can see some weird shit going on there. But just at oh. a glance, it looks pretty good. It holds up pretty well. Yes, I yeah, that's easily, like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, if they could go back and remaster it and it would be flawless yeah. today, but I, I don't want them to. Like, I it, it is a, a film of its time. George yeah. Lucas does a remaster. Mm. <laughs> now it's time it's for the cantina song. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking what? <laughs> His legs just hey, have um, a wookie face. <laughs> <laughs> quick, uh, quick mini game. Has anyone got a favourite line? Because it's a very quotable film, famously quotable film. Has anyone got- I got a five bubble! <laughs> That's your favourite line? No, I just oh, came just came. It's a good line. It's a good line. Is anyone... Oh, Chris is. It's incredibly difficult because I, I'm going to go. Um, my magic shoes, and it, and it does like the magic music. Memory time, memory time. Mama said they would take me anywhere. Maybe one of the best exchanges that used to make me laugh a lot as a kid, and I still did find it really funny this time. Is, is Gary Sinise, who we haven't talked about yet? We is, will. Is we pretty will. phenomenal in this movie, and he pulls Forrest down in the bed when they're in the army hospital, he's like, do you have any idea what it's like to not have control of your legs? Uh, well, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> Did you hear me? Like, but Gary is so, he's so like, what? Yeah. He's, he's like, like, how fucking dare you say that? It's like, you don't know what this boy's been through. Yeah, you For don't a know while, it feels like he's phoning it in. Like it, it took me a while to warm to his character. And then eventually I'm like, nah, it works oh. from start to finish. But I really like Gary Sinise. Do you have a favorite line, Chris? Uh, oh. 
Probably. Start to be, <laughs> start I'm just to been running the it film through my head no, going, no, oh, that one. Uh, no, that one. Uh, no, that one. There is an honourable oh, mention. Uh, I, sometimes there just aren't enough rocks. It's one of it, my favourite lines. Nice that's Fucking actually, that's a very break good your heart. Yeah. Break your heart. And, I, and, but he gets it. He gets the place bulldozed. So on some level, mm. he got it. Yeah. Okay. There are enough rocks. I, uh, <laughs> Big bulldozer. I, I still have the line <laughs> at the end of the movie that, again, I'll try at the end of this session to say and see how it goes. Do it That's, without an accent. I'm not gonna do, I'm not even going to try to do it right now. Um, but it Tom's is, currently crying. I'm, Here we go. I'm very close to <laughs> thinking about do it. Do it. Well, go. Should we, we talk about Gary Sinise briefly? Like Lieutenant Dan's a really interesting figure for a lot of reasons. I think like the war hero, which, you know, we've seen in movies like Born on the Fourth of July, you know, Tom Cruise, one of his biggest roles sure. coming back and becoming an anti-war sort of uh, person. He was based on a guy called Ron something, can't remember his name, Ron Kovacs maybe. This is interesting. Okay. Jesus Christ. Sorry, keep going. So sorry that you don't like <laughs> It my, is amazing. Whenever Tom starts one of these, Frank corner. switches off. I am glued. <laughs> I know. And we've spoken about this before. <laughs> I don't care about Paul. And I, I just switch between looking at Tom and Frank because I'm like, <laughs> this is great. I want to talk about the Oscars and Robert Zemeckis and Back we to the Future. We should talk about the Oscars and Robert Zemeckis. But Ugh. just to say that I think Lieutenant Dan's a really interesting figure because he kind of represents that like noble vet who does end up an alcoholic and does get like sort of rough edged at the end of it, but ultimately he comes right. And it's like, well, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and as long as you can do this, you'll be right. And I do think that plays a little bit into the problem of the movie that people have. It's a tricky one because his life is miserable and what support does he have? Nothing except for Forrest. Yes. And you go, well, that's not fair. <laughs> yes, and I think the movie makes that point, but it's, it's sometimes... I, I again, I find myself butting up against Chris's point of like there is so much tragedy in this movie, and there is so much that unfolds in a way where it isn't being too sentimental while being a very sentimental film. But it does have things where it's like, and it all worked out okay. And I think that's a little bit naive when it comes to Lieutenant Dan and a lot of other characters in the movie. But I do think that his ultimate, his his character arc and his relationship with Forrest is really effective. You see hmm. him get to work through it. Like you on do. the boat, you get to see them. That's yeah, true. Yeah. We, we don't get to see it with Jenny, which I think is where this disconnect perhaps comes through. We 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 don't get to see her live through see the her. ramifications of, she of what she's done. You know, it, yeah. sitting down in a doctor's office and being told you have AIDS or whatever the case mm. may be. And mm. I think it might be Hep C. Anyway, unsure, unsure. Um, but we get, we get to see it. We get to go through it with Lieutenant Dan because yeah, yeah. when we're introduced to him, we're given his backstory. Someone in his family has died in every, every major American conflict. We, we get this great scene. What is, Garrison is doing all the an outrageous montage, and, he's and always yet just somehow the best it works. Right? Yeah, because yeah. it sort of lends it leans into the absurdity of it. Because why, if your parents had all died in wars, would you go? Well, I can't wait to die in a war. Wouldn't you be like? I'm not going to go to war. But he's so it's romanticized this idea of going to war, and then the montage of him dying in the same. Action shot every time mm. falling on the ground, pulling a ridiculous Do you know what face? I think would have been more interesting is watching him, you know when he jumps off the boat and swims off and has like a, lot, a moment? He just keeps swimming. I, I thought as a child that was him me taking too. his life. I thought that was it. I watched it with my mum and I was like, so is he dead now? And the very next scene they're having dinner together. And I was like, yeah. I, I misread that, I yeah. guess. It looks like he's going to sail off into the sunset. And yeah. I guess and, it's the end of one life and the start of another sort of rebirth and stuff. That's it, like a peaceful sort of way to, mm. to end that, that bloodline, you know what I mean? Like. What do you think, it it, it bookends. Know. It bookends because we have the the scene in the storm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You and me. 
<laughs> like he, he is he is he is fighting with God. Yeah. And yeah. and as far as puts it, you know, he, he finally found his peace with God. So he, he was yeah, it, it Bookends, but I understand what you guys are saying. The, the scene is the, a little misleading. Yes, I, I get that. The context yeah. of it, you go after it comes back here, and well, that makes sense. How good is it that he uh, says to him when they're when they're having drinks earlier in the movie, like "You're going to be a shrimp boat captain. The day you're a shrimp boat captain <laughs> is the day I'm your first mate. The day you're a shrimp boat captain, I'm an astronaut." You know. And then at the end of the movie, he shows up with legs, and he goes, "I have these legs." That they use to make the space titanium shuttle alloy. titanium alloy, same as they use on the rockets. And Forrest goes, "Wow, magic legs!" And he must be thinking, <laughs> "God damn it, I set you up, kid. I'm an astronaut. <laughs> Just say it." <laughs> this film, ninety four, ninety five, Apollo thirteen. Tom right. Hanks, Gary Sinise. It's the next year. I yeah. think. yes, they do yeah. do it. Another together, fantastic great. film. Um, right, a very good film, and they've they've done something else together, but I can't remember. Um, you want to talk about Zemeckis, right? Because I think I would love we to should Zemeckis. get into Zemeckis, who's a very interesting director. Well, he won he won the Oscar Best Director for this, but obviously most people know him for Back to the Future. I would say I think probably more people know this movie, but not necessarily everyone knows that he directed it. <laughs> movie only when they're only when they're Austin Powers watching it. <laughs> I'm going to watch a movie. <laughs> Um, but yes, he won director and picture and actor and screenplay, visual effects, and I guess I'm going to say music probably won for this as well. It won six out of thirteen. Oh, have to. And it yeah. was a very big deal for him. Only movie he's ever made that got a best picture nomination. And yet, once you have a success that is this big, fifty-five million dollar movie makes six hundred and eighty million. I think. Yeah. Which bang on. In, in insane, an insane huge, return on investment. Huge amount of money. There is so for a few- non-legacy film. Oh my film god. Often, like. It is actually really hard to grasp how much when we talk these days and we're like, oh, it made less than a billion, doesn't even count. And What's it's like, insane is that Thomas knows these facts. Does his research. Just riffs them, though. Uh, He's just got the figures sitting there, some Rain Man shit. A big boy brain. <laughs> 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 and a song to match. All right. Um, he has some skills. I there are other things he's not very I good at. I have nothing Listen, outside of this room. This listening, for example. <laughs> but that's fine. Keep going. I'm sorry, Frank. Um, Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. Well, what else did he make? Back to the Future. Back to the, who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh. Romancing the Stone. Oh, yeah, that's a couple of years later. Ones. He makes Castaway, and oh, then, sorry, you missed Contact and he, What Lies Beneath. Not movies I know, but I've heard they're good. Just yeah. great. But then he makes Castaway, and I don't know if you guys know this. Robert Zemeckis. He died in the year 2000. And oh, someone no, no, assumed no. his identity <laughs> has been dressing like him and making shitty movies pretending to be him for the last 23. It's fucking rude. It's I don't a, know who this man it's is. A real who had story. A man. It's a real story. This guy called like Schneedy McSchneederton was like, nah, no, 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 I, know, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill Robert Zemeckis <laughs> and then I'm going to make the Polar Express and then I'm going to make Pinocchio. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, so you're Robert's, fucking with me, right? Robert <laughs> is still alive, but he has been making the worst movies for okay. last for the last Because you're all looking at me and grinning. I'm like, wait. For the last 30 seconds, Marcus was just scanning the room looking <laughs> for any help kind me. of help. Help. <laughs> Let's, no, no, no. Was like, it, wait, yes, he died? He, may, he did make Polar Express, Beowulf, A Christmas Carol. See, These, Beowulf wasn't terrible. I kind of liked Beowulf for how much it appealed to me at 15. What about Flight? Flight's meant to be good. I've never seen it. Ah. There's, yeah. there's Allied as well. I have not seen There's that. Welcome to Marwin. The Dan's, movie Dan's with, couldn't sell it. <laughs> Welcome to Marwin is the movie with Steve Carell where he has a bunch of little dolls and he makes his own world. And is that did, real? Then he did The Witches with Anne Hathaway and that looked awful. Oh, yeah, we all love <sighs> that. But you know what the latest one you've seen, Marcus, is of Robert Zemeckis's Pinocchio. 
Mm, that mm. was a fucking Robert Zemeckis joint from I last year. I forgot. That's the man who made Forrest Gump and Back to the Future. That's really, really upsetting. Teaming up again with Tom Hanks. There we go. Oh, Good friends. It is, it's funny because obviously he's been a working director for a very long time. You can't, like, it's unlikely that you'll continue just to smash out hit <clears> after hit. So let's give him a break. Hey? Yeah, but he it's gave also us like Back to the Future and Forrest Gump. You, when are you going to, why would you quit? Hey, do you want another $50 million to make this Pinocchio movie? Yeah, okay. I guess. What you- <laughs> I think I guess. Those Disney checks don't bounce. <laughs> do I think him being in the position he's in now is interesting. What's probably more interesting is if you take all his movies in a vacuum, you raise a child in a basement without any, you know, sort of contact to the outside world. Something okay, like so we've told something you that you we should do. Please stop. Okay. Because He's describing something he knows very well. Crazy His job. you guys. <laughs> I was going to say his own life, but that's fine. You teach what you I've know. I've spoken about Lynn before on the podcast. <laughs> that's it. You raise a child in a basement with no contact to the outside world. You show them every Zemeckis movie and go, which one of those won Best Picture and Best Director? And I don't think they go Forrest Gump. I think they go... Contact. Castaway. <laughs> they go Castaway. Maybe they go Back to the Future. They go Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Like this revolutionary it film was, for truly, when it was made. Truly. That's a movie that got six Oscar nominations, no picture of director. That's rude. That's rude. That Even is rude. Bob Hoskins should be nominated for that movie. Roger Rabbit should be nominated for that movie. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yes, actually, 100%. Everyone <laughs> should be nominated. Should we just talk about my friend? No, I know. Let's <laughs> like, next pod. Next, Save next for the pod. I feel like Robert Zemeckis is one of the most um, – he's not a very known director. You say his name in conversation and people go, huh? I but agree. then you name his films they go, oh, really? I think that's a really good observation. I think yeah, he's not Quentin people- Tarantino. He's not Spielberg. Yeah. But he has these epically massive, successful – well-made film, and Tarantino's true. never won director or picture. Good. And so, and <laughs> and let's go to 1994 real quick at the Oscars. One of probably the strongest best picture lineups ever. You've got Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption. What a year! Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh. Forrest Gump and Quiz Show. Who remembers it? But like those four. <laughs> what was that last one? Quiz Show. It's a. I can't even remember what it's. It's like about it. It's called. It's actually called Jeopardy, but. <laughs> They nominated, they nominated the show. And then Wheel of Fortune got nominated. They were really struggling. Alex I think the answer would be, what is Jeopardy? <laughs> oh, 200 <laughs> points. But uh, that's, an, that's an iconic year in movies and an iconic yep. year. to be, Often you look back at the Oscar year and you go, oh, and that's what was nominated, what was good that year. Well, four <laughs> of those movies that year were four weddings and a funeral. Formerly known as the Oscars. The Oscars. <laughs> I, I feel bad for the score because they lost to The Lion King. Hans Zimmer, but the score for Forrest Gump, I think, is glorious. Yeah. My sister used to play, Louise used to play that opening song all the time in the house. Great. From The Lion King. <laughs> yes, I should be Lion King. <laughs> well, I'm The Lion King. That's I've, never seen, oh I've never seen The Lion King. So Fuck off, you haven't. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh. Well, you, I, um, you don't remember it, obviously, because you're just saying, this is the night. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a song. This Raises is- questions. Um, I actually wrote down a fun fact for this one. Please. I've been trying to do it for every film and I'm dropping the ball, so here's my fun fact. Uh, I think Ro- uh, Forrest. <laughs> Ted Lashew. <laughs> Ted Lashew. <laughs> Robert Zemeckis Gump. No, what's his name? Oh, shit. Um, he he as in Forrest Gump is down as an IQ of seventy five. Yeah. Yes. Same as same as Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> oh, that was rude. That was rude. I'm sorry. Wow. In the power. <laughs> no, I was gonna go. <laughs> <He's a singer. laughs> it's his favorite one. Ah. Oh. 
<laughs> Sorry, continue. Shares, shares an IQ with Muhammad Ali at 78. What? Yeah. Really? And not only that, um, Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol yes. at, uh, what was it, 86. He had a very low IQ. I was going to say, and Brick Tamlin from Anchorman. <laughs> at 153. That's 48. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, that's my fun fact. That's all I've that's got. That was fact. really good. I yeah. like that a lot. I'm going to go ahead and assume you guys are pretty set on your scores. Hearing you guys talk about it and realising that I have so much to say about what I love about it. And that when Forrest says at the end of the movie to Jenny at the grave that uh, uh, and every night we read a book, he's so smart, Jenny. <laughs> I think I got through it, but him was saying nice. that, that, nice. him oh, saying that is incredibly emotionally affecting. That's, That's really it's, fucking upsetting. <laughs> it is such a beautiful line and such a beautiful oh, monologue. This, I shit you not, listeners. There's four crowed men <laughs> all welling up in a circle right now and just crying. sobbing, sobbing. But um, so no I'll, one's. That was beautiful, Tom. But no one's throwing in the past. I think I'll go to like eight point six. Oh shit! Through in the I don't think I didn't think you were gonna do that. I thought we're just moving. Fun. That was a real big one. That was a good time. And I kept on running. <laughs> That's not no, the If I was going anywhere from that day on, I was a running. I was running. No, no. I kept on no, running. I think that's from Ted Les Show. Les Show. <laughs> Licorice. Bless you. Les Show. Through in the Throwing the Foul is a Half Hour Productions production and it was produced by me, Francis. And me, Tom. And me, Chris. And me, Marcus. And me, Forrest Gump. Oh, what <laughs> do you sound like, Forrest? Running. Running. Who's another impression from this movie? I'm Don Forrest. I oh, don't know, that wasn't very good, sorry. Uh, way to ruin the pod. Liz's choice. I don't think it was. No, I don't think it was either. <laughs> and that should be the ending.